get into gate episode 234, talking Stargate Atlantis. And Atlantis only after last week, a little crossover episode. My name is Mitch. Joining me, the Gibsons, first of all, Brendan. Hey, mate. How are you? I'm very well, mate. Maddie, What's up? Uh, we're getting into Irresistible, which I'm excited about from oh, a Maddie Still in the Pegasus. Mm. Still very much still in the Pegasus. Yeah. Um, but, a, uh, well, it's, it's not about this guy, but just how much Beckett features and is like <laughs> the first annoying one. All I could think about was Maddie. And I, knew how you to, I knew you two would find this annoying. I find it hilarious. Oh, no. I'm not annoyed. I just um, I saw it through Maddie's well, eyes. I imagine that at least one of you would it's find Beckett. this episode annoying. Which episode? Oh, yeah. Fun fact about this. We were sitting there with uh, my kids, my wife and I, a couple of months ago, and we were just talking about songs. I think for my uh, oldest boy, we were like, did you know? Because I think Gangnam Style come up somehow. We are like, that mm. was the number one song in the world when you were born. You you get to live with that. <laughs> and then we just did a thing where we watched on YouTube all of the um, number one songs of when they were born, and Simply Irresistible was the number one song when I was born. Can I just say in the safety of the podcast, Robert Palmer, one of the most overrated artists in the world. Like grabbing that, I only realised it today when I grabbed that sample. Like he had that and Addicted to Love. Yeah. That's obviously his two Might big. as well face it, Matty. Yeah. He's great. <laughs> I mean, two absolute bangers, but when you actually listen to them, he can't sing for shit. <laughs> just need to talk. He's just a talker. Mm. Like, kind of like Huey just... Lewis in a way. I like, I love Huey Lewis in the news, but he's not the best. Mm-hmm. I've never thought about that. I always, because when mm. I was a kid, I thought they were the same people. Yeah, yeah. There's a bit of that. Mm. It's, I guess, it's that '80s snare. Yeah. I always have the. I, what we were talking about the other week. I have that problem with um, like Green Day and The Living End. Yeah. And then like Powderfinger and U2. Oh my god, Powderfinger is so much better. (laughs) I don't know the difference. Like so much. For the Americans out there, they're a great Australian band. Absolutely. Hopefully, hopefully we'll see them. So with the Living End. Living End, are yeah, they're great. Mm. Yep. But I'd take Living End over Powderfinger. That's just kind of guy I am. I'll take them both, mate. I would take them at the same time. Yeah, that's true. In the inus, just a bukkake of (laughs) great Australian music. Yeah, it's irresistible. Beckett. Okay. Now, again, because we're going for the uh, the fat boy pack. That's for you, Maddie. Um, oh, it's got no... Um, not how dare you told me to call this a fat boy. No, I didn't. What? Oh, that one. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Wow. wow. He, was, he was assuming a fat boy. Oh, no, there, I said Brendan. thick. I said thick boy. Thick you boy. guys said fat boys. Okay. Well, That's I'll... a thick boy. That's a thick with two Cs. <laughs> thick. Ks, get out of here. Yeah. Well, it's got no synopses in it, so I'm going over to uh, the IMDb oh, page. Oh, that's right. It's a little bit longer, so bear with me. That's what she said. <laughs> Shepard and the team continue their visits to new planets. Oh my god. Oh my god. IMDB. Okay, if we're gonna if we're gonna make it longer, make it worth it. Yeah. Like that's that basically sums up everything yeah. post the pilot. Terrible. Edit people. McKay is tired of all these visits and is keen on implementing a series of gates that will allow I mean this uh, sorry. Okay, no, no, whoa, no, whoa, 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 whoa. This, this is someone who watched hang the on. opening scene this and decided. Is a summary. Yeah, you idiot. Why is it hiding? Okay, here we go. It's a two-line synopsis. Well, in fairness, it was where the synopsis belonged. But it wasn't IMDb. McKay's right. idea anyway. He said it was Carter's. Carter's. Yeah. Yeah. So whoever wrote that's a Dumbass. Said that through gritted teeth. Shepard's team meets an obnoxious man who is adored by all thanks to a secret that he carries and who has an unexpected effect on them. 
I don't like that synopsis, but it is shorter and gets. Yeah. Do you want me to write some? I can write some. <laughs> In place of a shitty podcast uh, synopsis yeah. this week, Brendan's That's got a it. good one. Yeah, just on um, uh, you calling that misbegotten strikes again. <laughs> Not only just <laughs> just on uh, just on you fat shaming the box set um, <laughs> a little bit ago. Funnily enough, according no fat to on it, mate. according to Joe Malozzi, one of the early titles for this episode was "Delicious Fat Guy." I say as Mitchell takes a swig of soft drink. Nearly Nearly spat soft drink all over the Delicious the fat guy. Delicious yeah. fat guy. Well, I, I mean, was... I've been called, that's my online profile. <laughs> <laughs> that's, my da- that's my dating, yeah, that's my grinder, my dating app. Um, <laughs> I was excited because you guys, I re- I'd forgotten about it since, but I remember as soon as I saw him pop up on the screen, I'm like, oh, that's right, they said Richard Kind was coming yeah. back. Mm. Yeah. Best he- friend of George Clooney, Richard Kind. Yeah, that's true. Now, that's a buddy cop movie I don't want to see. And the penguin you get when Are you don't really? want to spend more money yeah, on makeup. Yeah, apparently, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. George Clooney's best friend, Richard Kind. They so live he hasn't put him in any, mo- in any of his movies? Yeah. Does he get called around to George's place to play skins, basketball? Apparently. Mm-hmm. And they, they love playing practical jokes Where on each other. Where are those photos? We see plenty of photos of Matt Damon with his shirt off. Yeah. No photos God. of Richard Kind. Oh, Dickie Kind. Yeah. Hey? Dickie Bloody Kind. Hell. Wow. <laughs> That's what I'm going to refer to him for the podcast. <laughs> yeah, speaking of dicking. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Go on. Well, I just that I mean the question leads to my mind is just like Lucius is is irresistible to the hotties, <laughs> even though they hated him originally. But it's just like, can you imagine what he did to those poor women? Oh my god. Well, I mean, he says it. He's got six wives, sometimes all at once. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And it's like, it's almost mean to give them the inoculation. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Because they're like, going to be mentally scared. They're left with those memories yeah. and suddenly not enjoying those memories. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's almost better that they, you know, yeah, stay hypnotized. And, and just- a, I guess plagued of their own memories of their own consent at the time yeah. as well, which, mm. you know, hey, if we're talking about any other show that deals with this sort of stuff, mm. it's it's very one-sided. There's no consent, so it's 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 good, and then there's bad. This is like some mm. weird... You're, it's an absolute well, I think nightmare it, I think it depends on women. What, I think it depends on what country you're in, because I know in the United States, if you are under the influence of alcohol... Your consent isn't necessarily legally binding. Wow! So you can <laughs> the US of A strikes again. You can have you can well, have a big. This is not alcohol. <laughs> yeah, you, but that's what I'm saying. If you're under the influence, you can mm. give you consent and then sober up the next day and go, oh, retroactively, I do not I give consent raped, for what happened. Mm. And yeah, that's not really fair. Well, I guess it depends on the circumstance, I suppose. I mean, yeah, if we had some the blood of Cosby, yeah, that's yeah. one thing. That's it. But having a few. Vodka Smirnoffs—that's a different thing. Well, I guess you never know whether they've whether they've been whether they've been Cosby and got a bit of a roofie in them, or if they're oh just God, a straight yeah. up double black. And by yeah. that I mean Smirnoff, not oh. not what not <laughs> what you can not what you consented to, obviously. <laughs> Maddie, again, stay away from your online dating profile. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Um, and fans, of, I say this uh, jokingly, fans of Stargate Universe, mm. all three of them. Will <laughs> Jacob being one of them will recognise mm. Lucius's I don't know first wife. What do you call it? the main one? Biggest in, in wife. the orange. The big. The biggest wife. <laughs> um, Tits McGee, Mitch. That's, that's who no, we're going. You're I'm looking. You mind? You looking? Blank. I was going back because I remember when, when with the best cleavage. when she first yeah. popped up on yeah. screen. Called her almost like oh, oh my god, yeah, dingoes. Oh my god, great news yeah. for everybody. She returns as Lieutenant James in uh, Stargate Universe. Well, yeah. It's like an ongoing thing. Uh, semi-recurring. She's, a, She's not a regular More character. than this. Yeah, 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 Uni- yeah. Universe is a completely different thing. Yeah. We mm. can't even really say what's well, recurring she, what's not. She's, yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, mm. But, yeah, she's Lieutenant James. She's a she's a Stargate Command 
personnel. Party. Okay. So she's in the in the military. Yeah. She's wearing everything that the the fanboys wished Cardi would wear. Right. Basically, mm. um, you know, she's she's wearing a. A, a, a boys medium t-shirt um in in khaki mm-hmm. with her with her fatigues um do with that with what you will uh once we get there it's very it, it gives um uh what was what was the blonde chick from the police academy movies what was her name Hulahan or something whatever it was yeah it sounds familiar with yeah. the with the aviators it's, it's, it was giving very that it, that's not kim Cattrall, is it no no she's a different person no kim Cattrall was in star trek Kim Cattrall. Oh, Jesus. What happened to that? <laughs> said Sex in the City. I haven't, I, haven't, I haven't even got these buttons ready to um yeah. to be able to do this. I mean, is that what I'm doing? All right. So this will be um just impromptu trivia. Mm. That went to air. That's one. Excellent. <laughs> no way. As I clicked it, I'm like, oh, that's right. It doesn't automatically just go off program. I absolutely want to hear that in post. And <gasps> oh, I, I really hope Aaron, I really hope Aaron Rich was making a joke at the time and it yeah. wasn't a song. Smallsy. No, no, Aaron I hope it fits. Smallsy, yeah. I really hope it fits Aaron, somehow. Yeah. Okay. That's really good. Oh, We're going to play that back <laughs> now. Uh, impromptu trivia for mm. Probably for Maddie. Name three actors in this episode who have also appeared in other series of Stargate other than Atlantis. So does Richard Kind count being in the film? Correct. Okay. Then you've got Lieutenant James being in Stargate Universe. Yes. Does Beckett count for playing no. uh, what's her oh. names? Okay, there's four then. Oh, okay. Well, I got three, so I get a ding. Uh, And who was the fourth? David Hewlett. Recurring, reprising his same role in SG1. Trick question. Yeah, that was... But I you mean, get a ding for I the mean, three. I ba- mean, ba- based <laughs> on that, based on that, there's five then because um, oh, we we are played the, did it in new order. So five. Who else? Anyone got? We got six. We Anyone should start a. Six? We should start a Stargate podcast. We should. We're, <laughs> We're good really good at that kind of shit. Name three. Good job. You did. Well done. But there was six. Anyone got a sixth? Nah. Nah. Pro- I mean, they're probably some of the background actors. Probably one of the wives. Yeah. The, Nareem the, was probably back there. Yeah, or one of the um one of the stunt coordinators or some <laughs> shit like that. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Although speaking of the background, given that you two are like a film school nerds, um, this might be a little bit something interesting that you guys um, may or may not have known about. One thing, and I mean, we have wonderful, wonderful background performers on our show. Yeah, we really do. They're great. <laughs> but there's a difference between, but, you know, background performing and acting in this case, and where you get individual performances of, of, you know, wonderful spots of this. When you're looking at them as a group, all of them have a different view on what's sick and how sick and, you know, where they're going to be. <laughs> yes. And one of the rules, one of the rules as a, a director, certainly in this country, is that uh, a director is not allowed to direct background performers. So even though I can see that there's things that I'd like to do with some of these performers and say, okay, just do this and do this, and this I'm not allowed to. Uh, because if I give them direction, they're no longer background performers, then they're actors. Uh, with a background performer, you can get 10 of them for the price of one actor. That's correct. So suddenly if you start paying 50 people the price of an actor, then your your budget goes through the roof. So I have to stay away from individually you know, giving people direction. That's wow. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So at least in... I don't know, I guess he would be in uh, Canada. Directors can't directly direct 
background actors. I wonder if he's allowed to like. I reckon ask, it'll be yeah, like an eight, like someone else. Yeah, he's like we, to tell a PA. We've done extra work, and mm. you can be you can be told like the not the director, but the guy will come mm. in and go, all right, so you're going to be doing this, pretend to talk to each other, and then we'll go yeah, to the next group. But no sort of direct contact Whereas with like, the director. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I thought uh, yeah, you you would think. A director would be able to go, okay, everybody, I want you to do this. All right, this. your shit, move. Yeah. <laughs> Especially given that one of my favourite um, behind-the-scenes um, sort of featurettes for Stargate is when Peter DeLuise is doing the – it's the Mobius special feature, and there's like a whole 10-minute thing of him like um, yelling at the kid. Remember remember there was like when SG-1 enter the, um, the, the the little village in Egypt and there's the kid kicking the ball. Oh, yeah. And it's, Kalibay, Kalibay, Kalibay. It's a whole thing of – Peter DeLuise being like, no, you idiot, get back over here and do it this way, blah, 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 blah. I guess that kid must have been like a featured extra or something like that, Mm. Um, not just a background actor. I'm sure his parents knew about it. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. But there, speaking of not directing background extras, there's one next week of... I've watched ahead for the SG-1 episode. Mm. There's like two airmen behind Vala and they have no f***ing clue what they're doing. (laughs) They're supposed to be like looking for someone in the base with a gun. Like, it's terrible. I have an issue with one of the airmen in that episode too, so we'll... uh, It could be the same guy. (laughs) But there's a lot of things wrong with next week, but anyway. The main thing wrong with this, I I enjoy this episode. I think it's polarising and you've definitely got to be in the mood for it, so I can understand Mm. some people not being in the mood for it and going, what the f*** am I watching? Yeah. But I think after, you know, three or four heavy episodes of Atlantis, you know, leading up to this, it's good to have something light and fun and frothy, and then given that the next two episodes are quite heavy as well. But the main thing that this episode up is Beckett. It was all Beckett's fault. No, I think it was more weird. Fuck off. (laughs) Right off. I think it was weird. He was under the influence. You can't blame him. But you can because (laughs) why? Because the entire Atlantis recon finished saying you couldn't. The entire Atlantis recon team, all four of them, Mm. went to that planet. None of them were affected the entire time. Obviously, Shepard had his cold, and that was the running thing of why he was immune Actually, longer that than everybody been, else. But Beckett could be the reason that they survived, because he he let he let um, I was going to say Mitchell. He let Shepard go on the mission, even though he probably shouldn't have gone on the mission because he had a cold. But the other three, you know what I mean by that? Yeah, I get that. Why would he have given but, him clearance if he was sick? Because he's Beckett. John, John, you'd be fine. I just give you a lot of morphine. No, John, John wouldn't even have gone. Unnecessary. What about that one? The morphine. (laughs) Holy shit. Yeah, I may have given him a wee bit much morphine. (laughs) But you're about to do surgery on him. Wouldn't you give him a general anaesthetic? (laughs) Idiot. What are you giving him morphine for? Because he's Beckett. (laughs) Too busy thinking about his wee baby turtles and sexually assault his patients. Wasting perfectly (laughs) good medicine. But here's the weird thing in that opening scene. Lucius is just as forward with Taylor as he is with John, and he gets right up close to Taylor. She is God, yeah. <laughs> she is not interested in any way, shape, or form to anything he's got to say. And Lucius plays Lucius plays it as like, oh, oh, that's that's weird. Maybe he what, forgot what? that it takes a time takes a while because he's probably just been around the same. Yeah, maybe. Seven but it's lives. like even if even if Shepard hadn't had the flu, he would have been immune the whole time. Like, if you think about it, the flu didn't actually help at all. Yeah, I guess he said at the end that he was the only one that didn't really make any much contact with him. Yeah, so it's like he didn't need the flu because all four of them spent as much time around Lucius as each other in that opening scene. 
And then it was only but because none of them did. It was only because they sent Beckett back. Beckett was the one that got under his thrall and wanted to suck his dick. <laughs> yeah, because he was Tally, there for longer. Tally too. You, here's Beckett. He was there for longer, so he got under the here's influence. Here's Beckett just screaming, screaming, eagling between Michael so and Lucius, funny. just like ah. <laughs> Mitch, get, I get, love you. get the video chat. This will be a gift to go up on socials. Me going, ah, <laughs> as Beckett. What? We have that every week, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you're not filming that, though. I thought it was just between us. Um, it's in my mind. But then obviously, yeah, so Beckett gets under the thrall, brings him back to the planet, and then it affects everybody. Yeah. But again, Taylor and Ronan are very... Um, uh, what do you call it? Re- resistant to it until mm. they go and have lunch. And then it's only because Beckett and McKay were away that they come back and go, oh, sorry, not Beckett and McKay, Shepard and McKay are away, then they come back and go, what the fuck is wrong with everybody? If anything, Shepard should have been the one to stay behind because he would have been immune, and then McKay should have been the one to go and fuck off and do whatever needs to be done. But then, yeah, McKay ends, ends up being under his thrall as well. Yeah, I don't think he, it was like an immunity. I feel like it was just like some kind of resistance. Well, yeah, just obviously it's a pheromone. It's a pheromonal thing. So mm. him having a blocked nose from the cold didn't allow the pheromones to get in and and do it. You know, do what they needed to do to get him under the thrall. I think that was the the yeah. It's kind of like Hathor, but a bit better. <laughs> better yeah, done. yeah. Well, and then what was the um? I guess if similar to the way that um. Uh, remember Dan- Daniel was immune to something because he takes an antihistamine or whatever, like in mm. in like season one. Oh yeah, that was when the the caveman. Yeah, that's right. He was immune to the caveman thing. Broke a divide for a while. Um, the broken divide. Yeah, and then the other thing that I bumped into was the opening scene. They're talking about harvesting space gates, and we're in the jumper. Yeah, I thought this planet must have had a space gate. That's why. The to me, the yeah. way it ran is. We sent That's them, true. Well, we, yeah, why we, were they in orbit? We sent them out through. We re- we detected humans, so we've got to go investigate before we can steal this Stargate. But then later on, when Beckett brings Lucius back to Atlantis, they just walk through the gate. They don't take a puddle jumper. Mm. So I can't tell whether the gate on Lucius's planet was... Well, it would have had to have been on the planet because mm. Lucius used it to, to go, go and, and do his trading drug. and go, to go and get the drug. Yeah. So why would we even have gone there if like a, it was in a, a weird, jumper? Yeah, it was a weird thing to say we're harvesting space gates. Like that was the set. Obviously, that's setting up for you know mm. when that when that the kicks future. in. We won't spoil it for Mitch. Well, um, they mentioned it, huh? Yeah, he, he kind of laid it out. No, I just mean I'm not going to spoil when that oh, when right. that comes back. Um. But it's like, why would they have even sent him? Like we have the ancient database, presumably that tells you whether it's a land gate or a space gate. Mm. So why would we bother sending a map to this planet when we're only investigating space gates? Why would we send them, knowing that it's a land gate, why would we send a, a map there to find out whether it's worth harvesting? Does that mm. make sense? Or I, am I just overthinking it? No, I guess... No, I, I agree. Because, well, let's... Li- let's li- no. Oh, I've, I've got the audio. Um, I've got the audio for you. No, they're not in space. They're just flying no, through yeah, the atmosphere. Yeah, because then when you see them fly it's through... it's like ages. Yeah, but ha- yeah, have a listen to this. We should be focusing on harvesting space gates. That's what we're doing, Rodney. The MALP detected life signs. We have to check it out. That's the protocol. I'm just saying that identifying potential space gates to complete the intergalactic bridge should be our priority, not making contact with the locals of some backwater hamlet. 
Are you that eager to return to Earth, Rodney? This isn't just about me. It is about the ability to go back and forth between Earth and Atlantis conveniently. And whenever I want to. <laughs> How's that work again? Okay. Once we've seeded enough interested. stargates across the void <laughs> yeah. between Pegasus and the Milky Way, we'll be able to take a jumper from one to the other to the other till we reach the other side. That way, we won't tax the ZPM, we won't be relying on the Daedalus, and travel time between Earth and Atlantis will be cut from three weeks to 30 minutes. Very clever. Yes. Samantha Carter's idea. <laughs> so, yeah, to me, it's like, why why would they go to a planet that doesn't have a space gate? It's a bit of a two-for-one. It's like they, they dial it up and they go, oh, it's a... Oh, there's people here we have to investigate. Yeah, like it's, oh, it's yeah. a land gate. Oh, damn it. Oh, well, we'll go in there anyway because there's people there. Yeah, like, but I a... guess in my brain I go, well, shouldn't they know which is a space gate and which is a land gate before they I think they're happy to just up? take any gate. Didn't she, cause she, didn't but, she say they're going to put, they can put, they can turn it. Remember when uh, Lucius says, oh, I know that planet. It's uninhabited. We can go there. And she's like, oh, yeah, we can just retrofit it to be a space gate. Yeah, yeah, I get that. But yeah, like, but McKay specifically says we're looking for space gates. I feel like it's probably easier to just have the Daedalus come by and scoop up a space gate mm. than dig one out of the fucking ground. Totally. Because in it, in the Pegasus galaxy, none of them are in those pedestals. They're all in the ground. They're mm. like, you know, fitted in the ground. So yeah, maybe I'm just overthinking it, but I just, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it was just servicing two, no, two, two masters in that they wanted to set up the space bridge thing and this was the episode where it made the most sense to set it up in the in the pre bit and then not talk about it again so that it made sense when it comes up when it comes up. Mm. As the first timer, my like greater I love the idea that that's a concept they're working towards. Um putting the gates in between the galaxies and all that sort of stuff. I, I'm I'm thinking back to something that you guys maybe it was last week with the the black hole and the open gate and the, and it like you know point of origin you know blah 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 um do those gates that are just out in between galaxies like how do how does that work if there's no like yeah solid... they will explain it yeah that's what i'm saying I'm, 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 I'm assuming that is going to be the car <laughs> yeah. I'm, just, I'm just putting i guess a deposit oh, down mate, that... you get you get graphics you get oh, you get yes. a you get a full McKay. tell me there's a whiteboard yeah. tell me there's a whiteboard uh, oh i think there might be yes could be a whiteboard or a screen with yeah shows you. I'll you, take it. You get a full McKay like great full yeah. like, like PowerPoint. His his te- he gives a TED talk. Yeah, yeah. That, that, <laughs> that was a forty seven second part of that scene, and I'm like, oh, this is amazing. What a great idea! But I'm like, I've got some questions now. Obviously, mm. you're not here to answer them now, but I just want to make sure so that I'm saying you've that. You've already I'm... seen the technology that creates it. Okay, let's just say that. Okay, okay, yeah, so, yeah. so in theory. Um, Samantha Carter, when she was on Atlantis, her and McKay kind of concocted that idea. Well, she it was her idea, but she kind of had a meeting with. Yeah, with, that uh, would that would make sense, dipshit, I guess. McKay, <laughs> while Zalenka. while they were doing the Pegasus project. Yeah, I think that's the inference. Maybe yeah. maybe Samantha. No, probably Carter probably thought of it on the three week trip on the yeah, Odyssey. That's true. Going surely this, this is her first time. Quick. She's like. They do this all the time. All right, I got to think of a way to not do this ever again. Yeah, and, and, and yeah, it's, totally. And Lisa's been confirmed in this episode too. So it's three weeks each way. Mm. So it's three weeks, mm. you know, and then three weeks back. Yeah. yeah, which yeah, which this new thing they're they're talking about is going to make it down to thirty minutes. And you won't even wild. in theory feel it because you'll be going through the wormhole most of the time. Well, I think that's that's something we'll get to mm. later on in terms of the um, logistics of it. But yeah, I just found that interesting because, like Mitch said, we were wondering about using. I mean, 
you even said the technology last week with trying to figure out how to get the gate to jump from um, one gate to the other, but oh, yep. th- as in the point of origin. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, old Dicky, he looked like he was having an absolute ball in this episode. Like just God, the, yeah. the creep factor yeah. and like he's got a very interesting way that he, his, his mouth works and the way that it opens when he talks. But he <laughs> was really, it was like he was really leaning into that just to like thrash around his tongue like so some kind gross. of sick lizard. Yeah. But like, you know, what he was doing was, you know, despicable, disgusting, blah, blah, blah. But at the same time, just like this. Oh, yeah, it's it's yeah, it's, like, it's weird how much you 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 like watching that character do what he's doing, without thinking about oh no that's really that's really evil. Yeah, well, there's obviously some really cool camera tricks they do in terms of when you first go to Lucius's planet, they've they've dialed up the the color saturation so everything's bright and fluffy and mm. everyone's in bright colors and all that kind of thing. Yeah, it's like that and stage then, lighting. Yeah, mm. and then when you go back, it's all quite dark and and oh, they're dim pale. and pale yeah. and, and they're all hold, like they're all suddenly wearing burlap cloaks over their brightly colored mm. clothes so it all looks very drab. And then when everyone at Atlantis is under their under his thrall, everything there is much brighter. Weir's got Weir's some hair. fucking pink eyeshadow <laughs> oh, that yeah. she's rocking through there. Her hair's kind of like eight, like puffed up. Yeah, and um, oh, she looks Ma- hot. Martin Wood said, "Oh, thank you. finally, that's one nice thing you've said about Weir." <laughs> uh, oh, mind you, you've always said that about her, though, haven't you? I've always said yeah. that. I'll... <laughs> oh, Will that make it? <laughs> I'm beeping that. I don't think and it is up to your imagination. Unless yeah. you're on Patreon and you're getting it, you're getting everything. Yeah, I was going to say because there was, there was Just no... Just like Weirwood, apparently. There, yeah, there was no clear Raw cut dogging. point there. So his only option is to, is to bleep it. Oh, that's funny. Um, but Martin Wood said he actually, right up until the cell scene where like Lucius is like finally gets creepy and is talking to John mm. through, the, through the cell bars, that's the first close-up. In the entire episode, yeah, like, right. Up until that point, he said he was shooting it like a three-camera sitcom, where it's all just very wide mm. master shots to keep that sort of comedy and lightheartedness going. That's so, cool. So then it's only when you get to that point. Whereas I think that is when you see how menacing and creepy Lucius really is, and yeah, you, then yeah. you start to think about how <laughs> what gross whatever he's doing. Yeah. Oh my god. Like, well, what I want to know is what he did to the people in Atlantis, what they have to live with now. Yeah, to that's the team. true. Like, not even, not even necessarily, like, he obviously made them all suck his dick. But the <laughs> things that I want to know, like Ronan. Like I was he, about to say Ronan. Yeah. <laughs> He's got to go to Ronan first. Just to like, just to this, establish dominance. This guy was more, yeah, this guy was like more prison. against me than anybody. Yeah. I have to do this because when he wakes oh, up God. from this. Well, he no, made me watch see, him shower, see, and my... I enjoyed it. <laughs> like, just weird shit like that. Yeah. Yes. He sucked on my braids. Um, no, he see, jerked off, and I had to hold the towel. Yeah. Like, it was just like, my... <laughs> like that. See, my mind didn't go there. My mind went to the planet, because it's like, well, on the planet, obviously he had time to do all the things that are on everyone's bucket list. Like, mm, yeah, he we all have our own bucket his... list. He would have had to have started getting creative by the time he got to wife six. But there's no there's no latex dildos over there. They're probably using gourds. And he's sticking gourds in orifices that's all what over that the place. Is. Yeah, that's it. That's, <laughs> that candle that candle's actually his first sex toy. Thanks so Thank you so much for this. Yeah. Is it scented? Yeah. Yeah. Not a big deal. Well, because it's <laughs> you could say that. It's tallow and jizz, is what it's a jizz scented candle. Tallow and a noose. <laughs> 
<laughs> so um, yeah, I know. I didn't oh even God. I didn't even think about what he would have gotten up to um, on Atlantis. I, I mean, mean, clearly he got a, weird. Got it on. I mean, that's that's after he got a BJ from Beckett back on the planet. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Before they even got back to um, yeah, 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 like Atlantis. he's definitely bisexual and maybe Beckett bestial. Well. No, oh, oh, Lucius! Yeah. You mean Lucius? Lucius. Yeah, because you got to think. But this point, like, he would have just bring in the mule yeah. and like just weird shit. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's that's what like I reckon all ancients at that point are bisexual because they've been alive for so long. They're like, well, we've tried all that stuff. Let's try all this stuff over here. Mm. Mm. You got so D- Daniel's Daniel's had some ancient dick. <laughs> oh, he had some human dick. <laughs> he had Jafar fucking dick. Jafar, <laughs> whatever you can think of, he had it. Yeah, I meant, imagine what Lucius could do with a Jafar that had a symbiote. Imagine the kind of f***ed up shit he'd get up to with that. Yeah, I wonder how far... It'd, it'd be like Richard Gere with the gerbil. <laughs> mm. It's a Richard just, thing. Just doing some, yeah, doing some ass play with a with a good old symbiote. <laughs> <laughs> what, was, what was that um, That meme that goes around where it says, um, uh, the the human anus can expand to so many inches and a raccoon... Was it going around? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a, and, a, and, a ra- and a raccoon can fit through a hole... You can compress its body to fit through a hole this big. So they said, theoretically, a human anus can fit one and a half raccoons. <laughs> Raccoon? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, Seems I guess un- if you... So invasive. If you're keen to get that rabies or whatever they yeah. got. Jesus. I mean, since Guardians of the Galaxy, people just have pet raccoons now. Uh, okay, mm. makes sense. They just sit on the couch eating Fucking grapes. Idiots. It's fantastic. <laughs> no, I'd love a pet raccoon. Apart that'd from be, the rabies. That'd be amazing. Well, no, that's what I mean. Dogs and feral dogs and cats have rabies. If you have a, like a, a domesticated one, mm. like a second or third generation one that doesn't have rabies, it's great. Mm. Sits there eating grapes. <laughs> they got little thumbs. I want to I want to talk a little bit more about Miss Begotten herself, Doctor Weird. Oh yeah, no, because absolutely I do th- not. She nah, had nothing listen, wrong in this episode. It is her fault. Because wait, I'm googling raccoons eating grapes. Well, we'll watch it, but just listen to this. <laughs> Your favorite part of the episode, where I tell you that it's Weird's fault. <laughs> Fair enough. She understood that nothing would have happened bad to Beckett, so Beckett goes there. But he's been there under the influence. Longer than than the SGA team was, right? So he's obviously got mm-hmm. the Lucius concoction. Yep, and then he returns with Lucius, and mm. she chews him out and says, "What the? Wow, f- did such a great job! Like she should have left him in that fucking tank, but instead she gives him a VIP mm. room. It was Straight still it was still an isolation room. That a VIP room? Yeah, but if you notice, it had a it had two guards out the front of it. And it had a glass fucking door, and it was separated from everything else because it's actually set wise. It's a reuse of um, McKay's lab. Well, he, she, she should have put him in the jail. She should well, have kept him in that lab. He hadn't done anything. Technically, he hadn't done anything wrong. So she was air. I would say she was airing on the caution of he could still be an ally. It was, and it, then she it was accepts Beckett who. Fucked up. And then she accepts his the invitation to talk to him what face to face, without any guards. Yeah. Yeah, that wasn't great. That was unnecessary. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and then like you know, just the hide on him when he walked in, they sit down at like before even saying anything, and just the undressing he did it with his eyes. She's like, "What are you doing?" Like at that moment, just kick him out. Like I'm apparently sorry, in that scene, yeah, I was she, she I was would have been grossed as soon as he came in. She's yeah. like, "Who is this guy? Get him away from me! Don't want to talk to him." Yeah, I was listening to the audio commentary, and apparently, like when they have that meeting, send him back, and like she sits down. On his side of the desk, and like, and like, yeah, that was before weird. she gets up and goes back around. The moment where he like reaches out and touches her hand or touches her knee or whatever, 
that was something he did in the moment that they didn't do in rehearsal. So, right. like, her reaction to that was, like, her taking back was actually quite genuine. Like, that was just something that Richard Kind did. But have a look, I know look, how to be look, creepy. Look, look, look. Raccoon eating grapes. <laughs> look at that little guy. Look at that little guy. I think the Bradley Cooper version's better. <laughs> so, what else do you reckon he made them do off camera? <laughs> Probably stuff to a raccoon. That's the thing. It's like it's it's just gone beyond sexual nature at this point. Like he's yeah. just so bored. He's he's yeah. done every, like it's just like demeaning things without even getting. Yeah, it. yeah. That's what it, it would honestly be more demeaning. Just yeah. servitude sort of stuff, and yeah. and just, just sitting back, making people masturbate in front of him, just watching. Yeah, and like making you know fight to the death sort of shit. Just like yeah, anything and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Ronan's laugh though, super off putting. Did you guys hear that? Yeah. In that in that scene where that he's made like, me laugh though. Because mm. it's so over the top. It, yeah. never, it's, you'll it's, never see him do it again. Yeah, it's like Teal's laugh. And when he's yeah. like yes. when he's uh, when he's ta- when he's talk telling the story and then Ronan's like, You didn't Yeah. <laughs> like it's and just like uh, it's uh, uh, <laughs> And then the laugh he actually like I bends, got that. I think the laugh Did you he get bends, the grab? No. He bends See down and moves in front of Lucius just so he knows who's laughing at yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, that was a great Momoa moment, that one. Like, you just thought, like, yeah, the, the you didn't moment. And because you obviously you didn't see... That's what I love so much about this episode. It wasn't like you ever saw we are succumb to the the drug or or the herb or anything like that. It was just mm. like, she's so against him. Next time you walk in the room, three more people are under his spell or whatever. So, like, to see Ronan go from where he was to sitting next to him, just, like, hand on his on his palms. <laughs> My God, tell us another story. To me, I take my sword, I draw it, and I lop off oh. his head. And, yeah, and I, I bend over, I pick it up, and I walk in triumph back to the village. Amazing. You did. <laughs> oh, oh, yes, my dear. Oh, my giant friend. I did. <laughs> and let me tell you this. I had no trouble finding female companionship that night. Repeatedly. It's like a honk. There's a honk to it. We need that laugh. I actually oh. didn't even pick pick that up. Oh, <laughs> seventh time. We need that horn, Momoa laughter, put partnered up with the Seth Rogen. Yeah, it's that. It's that. It's like a goose laughing. Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah, you're right. It's amazing. <laughs> and the amount of times that Lucius said when he would he would throw out a pun or, or something, uh, something suggestive um, suggestive of a of a sexual nature and then would follow it up with, if you know what I mean. <laughs> like, it was, yeah, we, we, we get it. I think he said it three, maybe four times <laughs> across the episode. I'm, and just listening back to it, sorry, like listening back to it without the, the, the visual there, he sounds like he's a cartoon. The way that Richard Kind, I don't know if he speaks like that all the time. I've obviously seen him in stuff. But again, I think he put it on a little bit more in this. He speaks like a cartoon character with an underbite. Like sort of that. And I don't know if my yeah. much. And it's, oh my God, it's hilarious. Like mm. I, I don't, it might be the first time a thing. Like maybe if I do come back and watch this episode again in a couple of years and again later on, it might get annoying. But as a first timer, I can yeah. say I was not annoyed by this episode. That's like, Richard Kind. Like, and if you're a fan of Stargate, you go, oh my God, it's yeah. the guy from, the, you know. And maybe if it is someone else if that was someone else performing it, it just wouldn't have hit the same way so yeah yeah, yeah that's true I'm, i mean i'm not surprised that brennan went to the what weird sexual stuff you know did lucius do but i thought the thing no but i mean like not even 
the sexual stuff. Yeah, I just thought the thing Brennan would have highlighted the most was the story of him, you know, saving the baby and then be like, and here's the, <laughs> and here's the retard over here. <laughs> I thought that was... He may have a little brain damage. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, holy shit, dude. No, no way would that, that do it today. No. Move that beautiful woman the other way. That's wife yeah. number eight. And if you didn't laugh way. at that, you're dead inside. <laughs> I don't care what you say. Shut up. That was funny as fuck. <laughs> Holy shit! Oh my god! Oh. The, and the and the thing That's is, like, why whether or not selection is a thing, <laughs> whether or not the story was true or not, at mm. least he's got like this guy there. <laughs> yeah, he can't say that it didn't happen either. No, not her. <laughs> that guy behind her. Yeah, that beautiful woman. <laughs> <laughs> that beautiful woman. Though. No, uh. not her. Move her, move her. I'm sure. I'm sure. Then Becca sucked his dick too. He's like, "Oh, you're the wee baby that Lucius <laughs> saved. <laughs> you've been, you've been saved by Lucius. I must suck your wee wee." Just yeah. that, like the the different things they threw. And I mean, some of them were were Carson once he had um, been cured of it and he'd been rescued. He's like, "I must get back to Lucius," and yeah. I'm like, "Oh, they shit like that and like um and I need to get back up there. He needs me." Like they're all just throwing. They were just mm. like fawning over him so yeah. bad. And I I loved how much the actors put into those moments because mm. it was so cringy and cheesy. But any other time it wouldn't work, but it worked perfectly. I, I just for love this, when desperate they were when we called out Beckett and she's like, "I think you're a little smitten," and I'm <laughs> yeah. like, "That's a very specific term to use." Yeah, and I'm like, "Cop that Beckett, you." Well, uh, also, uh, actually, uh, also, as uh, as we did say, Carson is right again. Oh, I'm, you know what? I'm going to keep that as a soundboard. <laughs> oh, yes. how dare you! Your yes. one, of your, your favorite saying that the one that's the least favorite is I'm gonna, right. I'm going to count. I'm going to counter that with my favorite soundbite of this entire episode. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Una reverse, bitch. You send a team led by Beckett. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. Uh, yeah, take hilarious. that. Oh, and another oh. thing about Beckett. <laughs> if you keep going um, about Beckett, I'll go do more wear gear. That's fine because I've got plenty of Beckett gear to counteract it. Okay. See, I'm trying. I'm trying to pivot and don't trying make to- me play tennis again with my neck. Yeah. I'm trying <laughs> to collectively get us to hate on Beckett so you'll leave here alone. Um, it's not going to happen. It's I'll not how jump on it's not how Brendan works. <laughs> At one point... You can't beat him at this game. It's just like, more cake? Okay. At one point, Beckett calls Shepard's son. He's like being kind of like, oh, I Shrek fart yeah. donkey. You can't do that, son. Yeah. yeah. Now, I don't, know about the, I don't know about the characters yeah. of Beckett and Shepard, mm. but Paul McGillian is two years fucking younger <laughs> than, than Joe Flanagan, and he's calling him son. Yeah. Get fucked, you Irish c- Sonny Jim, he's Scottish. Come on, I oh, know that's why I call him Irish. Because great it's, people in Scotland. It's it's it. it's being, Maddie hates you. It's, oh, it's how being, about how about that find? Shout I sent out you to during the, the Shetlands. It's, it's being deme- demeaned to him by calling him Irish instead of Scottish. We're talking about our favourite lines. This is my favourite line. Um, Shepherd talking to Carson, and I I don't know why, but this is always one of those lines where I say it in my life. Yeah, oh. for no reason. Looks like they're going to get worse before they get better. I don't want to put our people through that. You're doing it to me right now. Ow! Fuck up, Carson. <laughs> what? Ow! No. Fuck up, Carson. <laughs> I actually lip-synced it when it happened. I was like, ha, still remember it. <laughs> He's never sounded more like Mrs. Doubtfire than when he, like, yeah. whimpered like, Ow! Ow! <laughs> yeah, I thought you'd hello, made something. Ow, hello! <laughs> yeah, I should have made something. I only watched these episodes at uh, this episode today. Yeah, I noticed that. When like, <laughs> what was it, eleven o'clock this morning? You're like, what episodes do we yeah. do I need to watch? <laughs> uh, fun fact for you: 
Uh, right at the end of the, well, towards the end of the episode, when like Shepard's got his whole plan in motion, and he's and he's gotten the um the turtle fucker, and <laughs> they're they're hiding out, and he like he lets himself get caught on the little forest planet in his little jumper and stuff like that. And there's the shot where like you see Ronan's blaster come into frame and like point at the side of his head. When they're around the campfire, yeah. When Shepard lets himself get captured towards the right. end, and there's like you see you see Ronan's blaster Pointing come in at it, Shepard. Yeah, yeah, that's not um, Jason Momoa. That's a that's a photo double. Momoa wasn't on set that day. What? He was unavailable. Mm. So they used his photo double. So that whole scene. So what about the cutaway shot? Not him. So they didn't do a cutaway shot. No, you just kind of see like a like you see the back or the side of him or something like that. Oh, and, and they we, just ADR his voice. We were talking about a few weeks ago, there is some kind of Ronan wig going on somewhere because for Satita's episode in a couple of weeks, I was watching the bonus features, and there's a stunt double in a in a Ronan-esque kind of wig getting thrown up oh, against... Oh, mate, if we're um, going to talk stunt doubles, let's go SG-1 next week. Oh, Fuck. okay. <laughs> Terrible stuff. I'm interested. I'm interested. <laughs> so bad. Um. I, yeah, that's interesting that he wasn't even in that because he had he had a line. Yeah, there's cutaways. Yeah, not him. He wasn't there that day. Yeah, but they did a cut. They must have done the cutaways the different day. What is it? Don't move. Oh yeah. That thing's set to stun, right? Yeah. Good. Yeah. Well. Carson, are you all right? I will be. Once I get back to Lucius. What did you shoot him for? Another cut of him. Now we're going to have to carry him all the way back to the jumper. Still well done, though. Yeah. He wasn't yeah. There. Yeah, it must have been um, like second unit came in yeah. and did some little inserts or something. Later on. Yeah, that Better two than, lines. Remember that horrible insert um, from, was it the Evolution? Where, like, Teal'c has to... Um, Plant the the C four onto that like <laughs> the Google tank, and you see like Teal. You see Teal reach over <laughs> overhand, and then there's like a white hand that goes underhand and puts the C four underneath the thing. Yeah. And Peter Deleuze going, "Oh, I didn't shoot that." <laughs> so this was a Joe and Paul episode. Did uh, you say no? Uh, uh, Joe just said that one of the early uh, titles for this was um, "Delicious Fat Guy." Story by Brad Wright and Robert C. Cooper. Teleplay by Carl Binder. Hmm. Binder Binder, and mm. then Martin Wood director. Martin Wood director, yeah. Interesting. Mm. Yeah, because again, good, good fun episode. Yeah, it's it's another time. I think Peter DeLuise must have been off doing other stuff because I feel like he's not really present much this season or season ten of. Yeah, well, this is in the very Martin Wood episode, like episode. Yeah, normally the the comedy stuff they give to um, Peter DeLuise. Mm. But yeah, I'm just. Jeez, what would have this been like? <laughs> oh, it would have been yeah. amazing. Oh my god! Obviously, they must have been shot out of order too, because no man like 301, 302, 303, all directed by Martin Wood. So like he, Martin Wood did No Man's He's Land, busy. Misbegotten, then this episode. Fuck how busy would he be? Yeah, Jesus. And they shoot them like back to back. Yeah, to back. yeah, yeah. Yeah, so must have shot them out of order or something yeah, like totally. that. And and yeah, because they're a they're like an eight day. Shooting turnaround because yeah. it's like they mm. do five days of principal photography or whatever, and then three days of like second unit and all that kind mm. of stuff. So, and obviously, then they've got to go into the editing bay and do all that kind of shit mm. as well. So, there's no way you could be prepping for next week's episode while you're still directing this week's episode. Yeah. So, they must have all been shot out of order. Yeah, um, but, but yeah, that, he also then goes and does like, um, I think they do that though, they, they work hard as f- mm. 
special you've seen those special features um director director specials yeah man they the amount of copious notes they have on the scripts mm. and mm. yeah the but, directing um, notes the storyboards Martin like, then goes wow. on to do um episode 8 and 9 of this season as well i wonder if you're someone like martin who's been in this especially this game like uh, the stargate game for so long you sort of know the ins and the outs of the different departments and like how much you need to be you know prepping for one episode while still you know doing some posts or another or like whether he can thin himself out if they are shooting them you know sequentially um whether well, he can thin himself out a little bit more than say he never would have done this in season four of sg1 or something whereas now yeah. it's like i've got this down pat enough it's not ideal that i'm doing three episodes in a row but we can make this work i mean if they're running side by side you're looking at like he did episode one two and three of atlantis then he does episode six of SG One, which is two hundred, which mm. is a big episode, uh, with a lot of different things. Uh, then comes back and does episode eight and nine of Atlantis. Um, well, oh, there we there's go. Still ten to go. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Peter DeLuise does episode eight of um, season ten of SG of SG One Memento Mori. Isn't isn't a great one. And that's as far as my notes go. So I don't know how many else he does for the rest of the season. So, yeah, but obviously they have their stable of, you know, five or six to like your Andy Makita's, mm. uh, your Peter West's, I think it is, is another one. Um, you know, their go-to directors that they use. Although, funnily enough, in a couple of weeks' time with episode six, they use, I think, a first-time director, Paul Zilla. Oh, the Godzilla, Paul so, Zilla. But oh, wait till we talk about the next Atlantis episode with Satita with good old Robert C. Cooper. Oh. His fantastic direction. I've seen that. I'll give you a little hint. He compares himself to Stanley Kubrick. At oh, oh, of course he does. Shut up. Yeah. And calls himself a noble leader. Fuck. Jesus Christ. Yeah. And no, not with any irony, you say. Like, no, <laughs> no wonder I hate him. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, you know, back in season one, I'm like, I actually don't know why. Yeah. yeah, this I've, is why I've got a soundbite <laughs> here that says Cooper pretentious. So at some point, oh, wow. at some point, he says he's not pretentious. Like, so look wh- forward to that. You've, n- <laughs> you've not gone and to- humble <laughs> and humble. Tell, just tell me how humble I am. Yeah. Oh yeah. Should should we mention why the episode ended so abruptly last week? Oh yeah, had to find a had to find an out. There was a, like an extra thirty seconds I tried to work with, but there was no yeah. clean out. Whereas it I just it was clean enough because yeah, when we were recording, I should actually do some kind of video. Well, the, in that. the audio kind of lets the audience know that it's oh yeah, obviously fading we, out. Yeah, yeah, obviously we had the, the music build. Yeah, but yeah. If anyone thought it was a bit of a weird ending last week. It's because as we were recording, the fire alarms went off in the studio. Mm. Yeah, the silent fire alarms. So. We just had we just had red red lights start flashing in our faces, and we're like, what does that mean? Luckily, we finished recording. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Apart from the outros. But. Mm. And then, you know, cut to 10 minutes later, we're outside and there's a fire truck showing up. <laughs> mm. And it was, what, one o'clock in the morning? Yeah. And the, that, the, the alarm in studio, because it's, it's like, you need to get out of the building, but also you might be on air on radio, so we're not going to make it loud. Mm. Whereas once we get out into the street, that thing was wailing yeah. down we don't, there. We don't want to fuck, yeah, and part, part, of the, part of the fire alarm, like the automation in the studio is, is it opens and unlocks all the doors and roller doors <laughs> and stuff around. So the alarm's inside of blaring to all the uh, apartment buildings around. Yeah, but in here it's quite as well, yeah, you don't want to fuck up the edit. No, you know? of course not. It makes sense. Well, we you know, you it. might be interviewing Troy Savan. You don't want to fuck up that. You <laughs> know, mean, yeah, you might have to smash through the soundproof glass here to yeah. jump out of the three-story I mean, it's, building. I mean, but it's, it's only an ex wool shed that would go up with a match. Yeah. Um, I timed it actually. Once I uh, I looked at the video from the moment we said, oh, "Okay, we better go," but I'm like, "Well, I've 
you know, got to shut down the computer and I've got to do this and I've got to do that. And yeah. uh, like, this is one o'clock in the morning. This is clearly not a drill. Um, I, it took me, I think, four minutes and 20 seconds to leave the studio. And yeah. you're right, this is an old wool shed. We're, we're like four minutes, we're done. Yeah. We're gone in four minutes. So I mean, we were responsible. We didn't take the lift. We took the stairs. Yeah, we did the right we thing. Were fine. So I clearly took it I left seriously. My, I left my Stargate toys behind. I had my glider my, and yeah, my right. still here. and my three hundred two that yep. I left behind. Yep, <laughs> which is probably it a good sounded thing. like a sex toy. Yeah, my, my glider. <laughs> it's like my like Astro a, Glide. Yeah. My three hundred two. It's like a shoehorn for your ass. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Where's that raccoon? Three oh two. That's how many centimeters it is around. <laughs> wow! I just realized in the same podcast I talked about my love of watching raccoons eating grapes, and also the fact you can fit one and a half raccoons in your ass. That yeah. that's not going to age well. No, and now I mean we've spoken about it so much. Our phones are just going to go bunter yeah. with that sort of content now. So let's play it again. All right. Get into gate. Get into gate. Stargate podcast. Get into it now before it's too late.